Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. It's Wednesday, March the 3rd, and you're very welcome to the Inside Politics podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. I am joined today by Minister for Housing, Local Government and Heritage, Darrell O'Brien. Also here is Owen Burke-Kennedy, who writes regularly on the property market and on housing for the business section of the Irish Times. You're both very welcome. Minister, uh, it's great to have you on. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Hugh. Delighted to. Um, An easy question first. I mean, you've been in the job nine months, although... Mm -hmm. It feels to me as if it's more like nine years, the way yeah. things have been going over over the last while. Is the department as dysfunctional as everyone who deals with it tells me it is? <laughs> That's a really good first question. Well, firstly, I'm enjoying it, right? And it is. It's something that, it's a job that I wanted to do. So I suppose when you're doing a job that you want to do, you look at things positively. Are changes needed? And changes have been needed, and we've made some already. But no, I think it's unfair to... To, I'm not saying you're being unfair, but the characterization of a, of a whole department as being dysfunctional uh, really doesn't reflect uh, the work that goes on here. It's been different because obviously through COVID, a lot of my interaction with the team here is by a very small group that I work with on the corridor here is all, as we're doing right now, is, is, is virtual. But no, there, we've done a bit of restructuring within the department to focus it towards the programme for government and what we need to deliver. And I did that in the first couple of weeks of July last year. And I've amended, I think any, anyone who comes in wants to put a, their own stamp on it, but I think you need to point the, uh, the processes, but also the structure of the department to deal with the big issues that we've to deal with. I might give you a couple of examples, if, if, if you like, on that. Two subgroups I set up at the very start that I chair, and one is in relation to homelessness, because I think that's our, you know, of all the issues, if we park the pandemic, and I know that's a very difficult thing to do, but just to, just for the purpose of this discussion, it is actually really targeting homelessness. So I have a homeless task force that's made up of the, of the uh, main NGOs and our partners within the sector, like DePaul and Simon and Focus and, uh, and Peter McVerry Trust. And that. I chair that myself, and I also have a housing delivery team. And that's another one that I chair. And most weeks start with those two meetings. So that's a small change in structure. And then we've also brought in a new assistant secretary. I've set up an assistant secretary who's specifically looking at affordability, whereas affordability was in with the rest of housing. So I have homelessness to focus on, affordability to focus on, and then a third stream which relates to public housing and the social housing delivery. So, you know, I think, it, it, to be fair, they've... Um, responded well to us here. There's a lot of work, like we're heavy legislative department as well. We've been, even though some, some might say that we've, we haven't been at the very centre of everything because of the pandemic, I think you'll see the output that we've had, particularly around tenancy protections, three very significant pieces of legislation. The Land Development Agency bill, which was knocking around for a long time, we've managed to get that into the doll, you know, within seven months. And now the affordable bill as well. So like we're keeping busy, and, and to be fair, the team in here respond. And that's not even talking about the whole local government sector or the heritage part of it, or indeed water, which I published the white paper on just last week, which we're trying to get back in and, 
and move on the on the publicly owned single utility. So I suppose you that's a long winded way. So we've we've lots of things on the go at the same time, but but all good. You've no shortage of things on your plate. I, I definitely know that for a fact. Oh, and I want to bring you in um, briefly for a moment here because we, we'll come to some of those different issues which the which the minister mentioned there in a moment. But the overall picture, um, the minister mentioned affordability there. The housing market or the market for homes in Ireland, whether they be homes to homes to buy or homes to rent, not enough homes are clearly within reach, affordable reach of people on average incomes who are looking for somewhere to live. Why is that? Is that a market failure? Is that a political failure? Is it some mix of the two? Well, just to put a bit of context on that, I mean, the average home being sold in Dublin is around uh, 400,000 last year. And that's around 9.5 times the average full-time income now, uh, which is just showing you the multiple that we're looking at. And back, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, when house prices became, a, you know, a multiple of 10 of the average income, we used to talk that that signified a boom. Those boom-time metrics have now been kind of normalised. We're definitely not, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely not in a bubble, Uh but house prices are on average in the capital city 10 times the the the, the average full-time income which is an incredible stat to kind of just say is the normal market so you know in 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 two decades we've had this house housing crisis and at the center of it i know people like to say it's supply but at the center of it is affordability and nothing much has really changed that metric for a young person or a young couple coming out to buy they're very, very constrained. And I suppose the government are now announcing another measure to try and help them along the way. But the criticism is, um, I'm talking about the uh, shared equity scheme, but the criticism is that, you know, it's really just upholding the market that produces this uh, housing cost that is unaffordable for people, even on, on high incomes. It's not just people on low and modest incomes. I'll ask the minister in a sec about the shared equity scheme, but just one follow up on that. We think of this as a particularly Irish problem, but it's although we have a particularly bad strain of it here in Ireland, it's not peculiarly Irish. It's quite common across the Western world, this this hyped up value of property and the impact it's having on, on people's lives, isn't it? It is. And we used to always kind of look um, enviously off at Germany and other places like that, thinking that, you know, the housing uh, problem was, you know, maybe in places like Ireland and Britain and America, but even uh, in places now in in the major cities in Germany, uh, you're looking at massive uh, house price inflation over the last decade. Uh, In Berlin and in other places, house price inflation has outstripped London, which is extraordinary. So it is a a, a global problem. Uh, You know, we have um, young people, young professional people, people on high wages, well priced out of the market. And the dial doesn't seem to be getting better. Uh, at all, so yeah, it's 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 not an Irish problem. Even though the Irish housing crisis has certain Irish aspects to it, it it, it is a an endemic problem across the globe in industrialised countries. Minister um, Owen mentioned the the shared equity scheme mm-hmm. there, and there's been a lot of focus on that over the last while. And listening to you talking about it, you've been at pains to point out that it's only one part and not the largest part of the of the various measures which are bringing in at the moment. But it's in the news again. Sinn Fein, I gather, are bringing in a motion uh, seeking to condemn it. They point out that there's a over the last few months there's been a trifecta of the of the smart and the good. Everybody from uh, the Department of Public Expenditure, the Secretary General there, Robert Watt, said that that it was basically for the property industry rather than for the rather than for the people who are looking to buy homes. The ESRI were were critical of the concept too. You say you've 
adjusted some of the elements in that to take account of those criticisms. Are you saying that they're all on board with this now and they think it's a good idea? If I can go back two steps just first, Hugh, and I will answer that because it needs to be addressed. I actually just left the doll earlier where you've had that private members debate this morning. Um, just in relation to supply and affordability, and Owen's right on this, but the there is an acute affordability issue right now and it, it is linked to supply also and that can become more acute even if you look at us in a pandemic Ireland where the construction sector is effectively paused and will be paused for the guts of 14 weeks. So, you know, the study that I've done and commissioned with the ESRI in relation to what we need to be doing per annum is about 33,000 homes, both public and private per annum. That's where we need to get to. And if you look at last year with, there was, you know, there was good momentum built up toward the end of last year, but we still managed just to complete just honour about 21,000 homes and with public house building coming in at about 73% of target. So not a bad result when you take it that we had a full shutdown for, you know, for a couple of months in the early part of the year. Now, why I say that is because the supply is going to become even more acute. For every week that we close, we're going to lose about 800 homes that won't, not lose them forever, but that won't be delivered in 2021. So I think we have to be aware of the reality that we're, that we're actually working in and how that can exacerbate further the affordability issues that may be there. So I'll talk about the affordable bill and the LDA maybe because, and also the shared equity because they are linked. Because, you know, I've regularly said when I was in opposition and now as minister that one of the biggest hoarders of land in the state is actually, the, or in Ireland, is the state. So we need the Land Development Agency to actually get on and start developing homes on state-owned land. And I've given the money in the budget for this year to get going on a, on a scheme, Shangana Castle. I expect them to deliver more. They have nine sites that can deliver just upwards of 4,000 homes. And the predominance of them are going to be affordable. Some affordable rental or cost rental. And that's a new tenure as well of housing that's been talked about for a long time but hasn't been delivered. So in my affordable bill that encompasses shared equity, we're going to have affordable rent too. And we're going to deliver affordable rental units this year, about 440 tenancies. Now, some might say, God, that's not a lot. That's the start of it. And I think Owen's reference, Germany and other, others will reference Vienna and the famous Vienna model of cost rental models that are there. We don't have that tenure here at the moment. And I think we need to get that in place for working people that are above the social housing limits, that there's a whole cohort of people feel that they're they're shut out, they're left out, and they're actually despairing. And I represent a constituency in Fingal that's kind of a microcosm of the country because it's urban, it's rural, it's, it's young, it's new Irish, you know. And, and, you know, people who are working away there just feel that, you know what, I'm never going to be able to either get have a secure rent where I can say this is my home and I'm not at risk of having to leave that, with, you know, within a year or two years. Or the other thing is I'm paying rent at two grand a month and I can't get a mortgage and if I could get a mortgage, it will only cost me €1,000 a month to pay the mortgage and I'll have a secure home. So what we need to do as well is to deliver those affordable homes on state-owned land. And as part of the affordable bill, the service sites fund that is a good concept that was brought in, in, the, in the, by the last government, but hasn't actually delivered the homes yet. Now, this year it will, the first in Cork, in Boerboy, there'll be another scheme in Lusk. But we're talking about, in real terms, a couple of hundred we need to scale that up to deliver it a lot quicker. So in the affordable bill, I'm going to change how the service sites fund is constituted to allow faster delivery. And also, which hasn't been, I referenced it this morning in the Dáil, um, we're looking at the Part 5 provisions to protect the 10% social, but also to move to 10% affordable within new developments uh, to give more options for people out there. They're all supply measures. 
and they are supply measures. And another supply measure, there has been a critique uh, and criticism, should I say, uh, in some quarters of the shared equity element, which is 75 million euro out of a total budget of 3.2 billion. So on or about 2%. But also as a percentage of the mortgage market, it's about 0.6%. Mortgage market's 11 billion. This is 75 million. But the ESRI, to be fair to them, when they came into committee and when when they were presenting to committee on pre-legislative scrutiny, very clearly said that that these arrangements have an have a have an absolute benefit and have merit have merit where they're targeted at the right people, and that's what we're going to do is to target them those people who are stuck in this affordability gap. It's not about moving away from macroprudential rules in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it won't be a second mortgage. The way in which we'll have it calibrated will be a very very low interest servicing charge. No need to buy out the state equity, but literally giving people that opportunity. About two thousand people per annum. That's where I see this being people or family units, should I say, um, to be able to give them the choice of where they can actually buy a new home, and that in itself is a confidence measure within within the sector. A small one when you add it to all the rest. So you know we can't just keep going on like things will fix themselves. I want public housing on public land and I'm, why the social housing piece is so important. Both are interlinked. Like we're going to, I've set targets for each of the local authorities to deliver 12,750 homes this year. Now that will be impacted upon by COVID. But when we get back going again, that's nine and a half thousand new build social homes because the more supply we have on the social home side, that also helps on the private home side. But we cannot forget about that cohort of people that are regularly referred to as generation rent or generation living with mom and dad into their thirties, that they don't have any hope and no stake in 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 their in their country or in their community in real terms. Because I say it unapologetically, I actually believe in home ownership. And I think it's an honest and a just aspiration for people to have and something that should be supported uh, by the state, but supported in the round of an overall approach on housing. It's not just a single bullet feature. What was mentioned, the ESRI, I think, covered it very well at committee. I think the central bank we've been working, we've been working very well with, with regard to the shared equity piece. The, the comments attributed to them relate to a meeting going way back to last September. Uh, and that was about the, the concept of shared equity and what potential risks are there. And there would be potential risks if you didn't have the checks and balances that we will bring in around the regional price caps around making sure it's targeted at an affordable level for those who can afford to pay it. But I have been struck, and look, politics is, is politics, and I get that. You know, I've been on both sides of, of it, both in opposition and in government, and I've been in the doll in the Oireachtas since 2007. Some of the response to the scheme has been bordering on hysterical. Uh, like, we've the main spokesperson for the opposition liking it to crack cocaine and saying that with a straight face. I don't think that adds to... To, to the debate. I think people are absolutely entitled to criticise and to critique, and I actually welcome that, and I welcome when alternatives are put forward. So I think that, you know, we'll, we will make sure in the, next, in the coming weeks when we publish the detail of the scheme, some of the valid criticisms that people may have when they look at it, you know, from a broad perspective, will actually be dealt with. And um, I think really what I get from people that I'm talking to on a regular basis is the desire for them to get a chance to own their own home at an affordable rate and also to rent a home at an affordable rate. And they're two pillars of two priorities that I have as housing minister, which I intend to deliver on. So sometimes when you're bringing in new things like a land development agency bill and like an affordable bill, people are uncomfortable with change and can be uncomfortable with change 
on it because we cannot just continue with doing the same things either. We've got to look at what we did well in the past. Yes, replicate that. But we need to calibrate our response to the reality that we have right now, that we, that we have a sector that is falling way behind uh, on the supply that it needs to actually, uh, that, that, that it needs to produce. And a whole co- cohort of people that are more and more feeling disenfranchised, not just from, you know, from the state itself, because no one's listening to them. But I intend to, to change that. Well, indeed, and no one, there's just a, again, there's a lot there, but just, just to... There is a lot, sorry, finish, finish I, off I'll be the... quiet now. <laughs> um, just to finish off the shared equity thing there, Owen, I mean, what, I mean, what's your view on that? I mean, admittedly, in the overall scheme of things, as, as the minister says, it's, it, it's not hugely significant, affects what, about 2,000, a little bit over 2,000 homes a year, should it be, should it be fully taken up? They don't have a great track record, those schemes, do they? No, they don't. And by definition, helping people to buy in a supply-constrained market has to be inflationary. Now, whether that shows up in the headline price metrics uh, is neither here nor there because there's other factors influencing price. So, you know, we had the same arguments, if you remember, around the um, help-to-buy scheme. And when that came on stream, the headline uh, numbers suggested that we went through a bit of a deflationary period. So, Defenders of the of the scheme said, "Look, it's not inflationary." But of course, if you actually isolated the um, first time buyers, new build market, which that was directed at, prices did go up there. So you could you could argue both sides that it was inflationary. But so you know, I mean, the the previous schemes, the previous um, you know shared equity schemes have been you know the, the last time we had one, they left the state on the hook for 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 a, a lot of cash because a lot of the uh, people in those schemes actually um, ended up defaulting. I think about 40% ended up defaulting because unfortunately we hit a, a property crash right at the time of, of that scheme. And that left the state then uh, liable for you know millions uh, of, the, of this unpaid money. So they do come with a risk. They are inflationary. And then I suppose the minister says they're targeted at a, at a small cohort of buyers. Um, you know, it's it's that price point that he he's looking at the the kind of two fifty three hundred four hundred zone is the kind of first time buyer new build market in the in the capital and it remains to be seen who's really benefiting. I mean, it's certainly benefiting the developers who are struggling to sell in that area because you're now basically giving the buyers, the potential buyers, a leg up. So um, you know, the industry are are welcoming it. And I don't know. That's ringing alarm bells in 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 certain quarters. Isn't it true that the that the the industry are highly in favour of this minister? Well, there's parts of the industry that are in favour. There's lots of potential homeowners that are very much in favour as well. Hugh and the housing agency are in favour. The CCMA are in favour. The housing alliance are in favour as well. The ESRI gave it a gar- guard of welcome when they came to committee. Also, so I think you know it, it deserves people. It's good. It good. It's good that it is being debated. Uh, there's no question about that. And when you're bringing in new measures, um, you know, we need to make sure that we look at what was done before and make sure we don't replicate some of those mistakes. And, and Owen mentions the previous, let's say, shared ownership scheme. There were deficiencies in that, absolutely, and I'm acutely aware of it. That won't be replicated in the scheme that I'm bringing forward. So people won't be saddled with a, with a, a double mortgage. That was one of the comments that, in fairness to CBI, it actually mentioned about looking at, a, are we increasing a debt burden? The way in which this scheme is structured, no, we won't, no we're not, and, and we won't be, and that's important too. So it, it's actually quite a, quite a portable and targeted measure that can deliver in the short term on a time-bound way. And just to talk about price for a minute, because people have mentioned, and 
I know there's the Service Sites Fund, which I which I mentioned about delivering affordable homes for purchase on on state-owned land. And I'm going to change that, as I said, to make it work better. But we had a scheme a couple of weeks ago we launched in, in Lusk, and coincidentally it was in my own area that had been, in, sort of been, been worked on over the last year, and O'Coolon are going to develop that out. That The prices started at 165000 there to 265000 but the council itself will be taking an equity stake. They'll take about 20% of the, like we're putting in around €50,000 per unit there. So, you know, whilst it is state land and it is owned by the council, there's still a cost. You know, when, when I look at alternatives, and, and that's a good scheme and I really welcome it, but it's 39 homes, okay, you know? It's 39 affordable homes and 12 social homes. And that's great for those 51 families that'll be there, but we need to be doing this at scale. And that's where I think the, the land development agency can really come into its own. Um, you know, when we get that legislation through, we'll be able to capitalise the, the LDA to the tune of 1.25 billion. I've changed the affordability requirements there within that scheme as well. And I see them delivering cost rental in particular at scale. I think we have a real opportunity here in Ireland to give long-term secure leases with below market rent that will help to bring the market rent down. Now, cost rental is not cheap either for the state, I might add. You know, I'm 35 million euro uh, of taxpayers' money will deliver about 400 uh, uh, new uh, tenancies in that space. But then I would see others will be interested in getting into that space. So, you know, things will be changing and will change there. So I suppose what I'm saying is whatever mechanism you use, there is a cost. For those who say they will just simply build 20,000 public homes, uh, like the, the main opposition spokesperson, that's fine. But he continually says, I'll build 20,000 public homes, you know, in a year. I've gone around the local authorities and I can tell you what the capacity is. And at the peak of the capacity which we're building is about 12,750 homes, 9,500 builds. But when I ask uh, the opposition spokesperson, like, where are they going to be? I have no answer. How long is it going to take to deliver them? And who's going to build them? Like, there are time-bound measures that we need because we don't have three years to do nothing. Uh, and I really don't because Owen, Owen is right in what he says, that, like, we have... Right now, an issue with supply. We have an issue with affordability. So we have to take measures. And in some instances, yeah, we've got to do things differently to try to make real inroads into this in, you know, rapidly. And that's what I want to do because I want the average worker, the famous nurse and the guard or the insurance official or whoever it may be, to be able to buy a home or to, at the very least to be able to rent a home securely. So I think the eight schemes that I'll have on the cost rental and that will be open this year, will actually show in real terms and will be tangible for people to say, well, that's started now. That's what I want with the affordable housing too, that people see it starting, that it gives hope and that it moves things forward. Owen, would a significant intervention in the, in the market, such as the minister is describing, or maybe more, such as Sinn Féin, which he, which he referenced there, are describing, does that have an overall impact on the market as a whole? Because one of the things I think looking at this from my outsider, uh, uninformed point of view is, the best thing would be if property prices came down by 15 or 20%, but perhaps there are just too many vested interests in the country you wouldn't want to see that happen even if it were possible. Well, everybody talks about if property prices came down 15, 20, 30%. And the only time we've actually ever had a real sizable downturn in property prices is after the financial crisis, which we don't obviously want to revisit again. So, you know, there doesn't seem to be any sign that that sort of affordability metric is going to go in our favour. What you'd need really is incomes to rise above, uh, you know, house price rental inflation for a prolonged period. And at the moment, we're kind of back and forward. I mean, uh, 
last year in March, we thought we were going to have a drop in property values. Uh, a lot of people would have kind of secretly welcomed that, even though it was at, at, at you know, predicated on a crisis. But we've had seemingly the opposite, uh, not so much the opposite, but we've had a resilient property uh, market and prices rose, I think, 2% last year probably one of the only headline metrics to be going forward instead of backwards in the COVID crisis. And so now estate agents are looking at price rises of between 1% and 5% this year. So again, the affordability metric going the wrong way for prospective house buyers. But in terms of like a whole-scale intervention in the market, it just seems there's a systematic aversion uh, on the part of government when it comes to that. If you look at the rebuilding um, Ireland strategy, I mean, we're about three quarters of the way through it. And if you think, it, it just isolates the term rebuilding. I mean, what's actually happened underneath it? Uh, there has been uh, social houses built, but much less than the government lets on. I mean, there's a kind of conflation between new bills and purchases. So the, the figures are very muddied. Uh, and at the same time, the level of HAP uh, tenancies has absolutely ballooned. I mean, we had about one, two, three thousand tap tenancies at the beginning of the Rebuilding Ireland strategy. Now we have about 50 plus thousand and the government are spending upwards of a billion, uh, you know, on 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 this um, measure. So uh, is it about rebuilding or is it about uh, presenting the country with a new kind of uh, public subsidised rental model? Because that seems to be what's happening underneath this strategy. Uh, despite utterances from the government uh, to the contrary. Just if I could say on that, firstly, well, Rebuilding Ireland's finished now. Um, I'll be bringing forward, Rebuilding Ireland was the plan of the last government. Uh, I'm bringing forward, hope to publish in July, and we're working on it, uh, a new housing plan, which is Housing for All, which is going to, you know, take the programme for government objectives within it and show how they're going to be delivered. And some of them, indeed, we're on, we're on the way to doing that already. Uh, owns right in what he mentions in relation to HAP, that HAP has became, I think there's 58,000 HAP tenancies that are being supported now by the state. But in the absence of increasing public house building, uh, you know, what do you do with the 58,000 families who are dependent on that for a roof over their head? So in the budget 2021, I had to provide for an additional 15,000 HAP tenancies because whilst we're moving people out of homelessness and we're seeing, particularly in child and family homelessness, you know, quite significant decreases in that and a good trend towards that. I'd rather be getting people into permanent public homes. And that's why the point about building versus buying is something that is, I've already outlined in my targets for 2021. Nine and a half thousand new builds, uh, about 2,400 leases, uh, which is the long-term leasing, and around 800 acquisitions. That was the plan pre-COVID. Now, there'll be some resetting of that because we're closed for we'll be closed most of our sites for the close of 14 for the goods of 14 weeks so but in a normal year that's what we want to do and actually deliver more than that with the predominance being on build because you cannot have in my view the state competing to purchase homes in a shrunken market the state needs to add to its stock and and to do that that's we even looking at our existing stock if i could say um in in july last year I was having a look around at the July stimulus and how we can get more homes back into use. We brought back in about, in six months, about 3,600 vacant public homes all across the country. And we did that as we set targets per local authority. We gave them specific amounts of money, but we set around it to say, look, 
You're only getting the money if you if you do up the unit, do up the house or, or the apartment, but get it back in and get it allocated or occupied, at, at the very least allocated, but preferably occupied. So 3,607 homes came back into use. So, and that's good, and we actually has had an impact on some of the reduction in homelessness because a number of them were targeted particularly at homeless families and individuals. So we need to look at how we manage our existing stock better and then build our stuff out. There is a big issue around cost, both in public and private, and that's something I'm not going to fix or be able to fix overnight, but we are absolutely looking at looking at things like our off-site construction as well. Uh, some, there are some companies doing that quite well, but we need to build scale on that. The SCSI did a report quite recently, I know you guys covered it as well, in, in relation to building costs. And in some areas in the suburbs, we've seen a reduction in costs of between 2 and 9%. And that's been down to changes in work practices, not reduction in quality, but also changes in processes and, and, and building types. And we need to look at that and be smarter in that area. So how I'm going to try to capture that is in May this year, just in a couple of months, I intend to launch, launch the Commission on Housing. And one of the one of the pieces in the Commission of Housing, one will be on the legislative side, another will be, there'll be a couple of modules too, but one will be on cost. And actually to see what we can do in the area and what should be done, you know, in relation to build cost and indeed land cost. How we can ensure that land, productive land isn't hoarded uh, and isn't speculated uh, upon either. I suppose that there's, so there are many things to, to deal with that I haven't been able to get to in eight months. But what I, ha- what I am doing though, is putting the building blocks for home ownership and for increased social house building through the affordable bill, which will bring new cost rental as well, and through the Land Development Agency to really get an agency that's going to work with local authorities. Local authorities will still deliver the predominance of the homes, but for other state agencies who aren't using their land prop, and we all know every town and village around the country or city, you will know sites that are there that are owned by this department or that department and will be ideal for for use and are not being used so we just need to get on and do that but you need to have it underpinned by legislation and that's what that's the next priority that will finish hopefully second stage in the doll actually this friday or this this thursday or friday i suppose what i wonder is about both the timing and the politics of this one of the huge challenges of of a problem of a crisis like this isn't it is that you can do a lot of work but you're not going to see the outcome of that or more importantly the people who are affected by it aren't going to see the outcome of it until, you know, probably you're going to be either in a different job or, or out of office, depending on how things go over <laughs> Thank you, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and and that makes it politically difficult. And the other thing, I think, is, you know, just looking at our own opinion poll last week in the Irish Times, and these are just a snapshot in time, but Fianna Fáil were looking pretty bad in Dublin. They looked pretty terrible among what you called generation rent there, the under-35s. I did a quick back-of-the-envelope calculation Sinn Féin had about six times the support that that you guys have under the among the under thirty fives. Um, how does that politics play out over the next couple of years? I mean, when do you think, accepting your absolute bona fides in this issue, when do you think that actually Irish society will start seeing some real effects from these policies if, if they're going to work, and see if the land development agency defies the criticism from the current opposition and actually delivers what you're saying it's going to deliver? Good point, and I'm anxious that we see things very soon. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I'm moving forward with the legislation I haven't delayed. I, I want the Land Development Agency to actually break ground this year. Um, now, there have been complications this year. This isn't an excuse. COVID has caused complications. But I'm saying within months, I would expect them to start on Shangana Castle, which is just under 600 homes, uh, very significant in a, in a good site. But the other areas I'm bringing in 
around affordable housing, we're going to see delivery within 12 months. There's an imperative on all of us who are in politics to actually do what we can to resolve this crisis as best as we can. It, it isn't going to be fixed overnight, but a number of the measures which I'm bringing forward would have a short-term impact. But I, I made it a priority for me when I took over as minister to get the legislation out of the weeds and to fix it up. There's some significant changes to it. I've set the affordability threshold at 50%. On the accountability side, and I did pre-legislative scrutiny when I was in opposition on it, made sure that, that it's fully covered under FOI, that it has CPO powers, that it is that it has in one of its remits to build, envi- to build in an environmentally friendly way, but also to make sure that we're building sustainable communities, that it has a minimum 10% social, and that we're moving, particularly in our regions, probably towards you know, social and affordable for the predominance of those sites. So we've moved on that quickly, Hugh. So I think the budget gives us, the housing budget that we have, in total in my department, is over 5.2 billion. And it's not just about the money, but the capital side's around 3 billion. And we haven't even mentioned Irish water because that's another piece that if we're really going to unlock housing, our wastewater and freshwater infrastructure needs needs a you know uh, needs significant investment. Uh, now I've given an extra hundred million for this year. I gave an extra eighty million last year. But we're still, in my view, you know, we need a, a way off there, and we need to work towards you know the the single publicly owned water utility model. And that's why I published the white paper on water last week, and I've asked the WRC to invite the unions and management back into talks so we can move forward because we need that. Like the amount of people, particularly colleagues of mine, you know, on the uh, you know outside of the Dublin area and not too far out, who that it, we're talking about regional regeneration and rural development, and in some of our sizable towns across the country, we don't have any capacity uh, in those towns for additional wastewater, uh, you know, for sewage, for fresh water. That needs to be built up. So there are things that will done that will endure, that will be still happening by a long time when I'm gone out of the custom house. But there are measures that need to be taken, and some of them bold measures, but measures that need to be done now uh, to be able to help people now and to be able to, to, to be able to help with supply. Because go back to Owen's point right back at the very start, yes, you know, it's not just supply isn't the only issue. Affordability is the issue. But really, if we're only producing potentially this year as low as 12,000 homes this year, depending on how long this shutdown happens, that causes an issue. And we've got to get back to a a sustainable way where we can work towards delivering 33,000 homes, both public and private, per annum. And that's what my plan will outline in the Housing for All plan. So Rebuilding Ireland was the last government's plan. Uh, I've significant changes in the programme for government in the Housing for All section. And that's what I'm what I'm focusing on. Oh, and one of the things that strikes me about what was said there is this: I mean, that that question of of timing and planning. Very often, policy seems to be chasing reality. In that, that you know, the crisis that's being fought right now is actually the crisis of two or three years ago. And like I, my five kilometer walk takes me around through the Docklands area of Dublin. I see these huge glass and steel boxes which have just been constructed or in the process of being constructed. And I wonder, are they ever going to be occupied by the thousands of office workers who were supposed to be in there? And you'd, and the, those sort of questions, the post-pandemic questions of how patterns of, of settlement and work might work. The minister refers there to small towns. There's a whole question about, uh, about distribution across the country. Um, are we always going to be fighting the last battle all the time? Because we seem to have done that a lot over the last 20 or 30 years. We do. And... Um 
you know, the the biggest criticism, I suppose, of the government is that it's 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 reactive rather than strategic about this. And there's a good example um, back in 2011 when the market was on its knees. Um, the then Fine Gael Labour administration introduced uh, uh, capital gains um, tax exemption for people coming into the market if they held on to property for seven years. And that seemed like a way of, of stimulating activity and it was praised at the time. Within two or three years, we had massive housing shortages that were based on land hoarding. And the government then reacted by pulling the equal and opposite lever by imposing a, a, a vacant site levy on people who were holding land. So we have this kind of nearly, uh, you know, moving in, in opposite directions because we're being reactive rather than strategic. So at the moment, yeah, it, it, it's difficult just to see um, if the government is actually kind of, you know, the, the biggest criticism, I, I suppose, that the minister gets is that he's kind of tinkering around the edges rather than getting right into the middle of the equation. And the middle of the equation is the private sector speculative build model. And that seems to be based on this kind of drip feeding of land into the market Trying to where landowners are trying to maximise the price they get for land, that seems to produce very, very high property values. And that is the model that we have, and that's the model that, you know, uh, is going to persist. And it's just not obvious that these schemes around the edges are going to produce anything different or anything majorly different, I should say. What do you say to that, Minister? Yeah, look, okay, that's the... I think within that, I, I, I think I've... Few have accused me of tinkering around the edges so far. Some have been saying I've been getting too involved, if anything, right? The service sites fund and like the affordable bill, if you look at it in the round, and I've covered that, I think, enough. I won't go through that detail again. It's a significant change in relation to, you know, government leading by example and, and intervening in, in, a, in a constructive way to deliver affordability for its people. But it's not the only thing that will happen. I think from a strategic perspective, and Owen is right, we can't, I don't take a short-term view on this either. Like the land development agency and having a land management agency for this country is really important from a strategic perspective into the future. If you look at reports, there's studies that have been done by Lorcan Sir and Mel Reynolds and others, and you look at the state having enough land to deliver a, in zoned and service land, by the way, about 114,000 homes, but is not doing it. We need an agency in place who's going to actually help to deliver that. So that is not a short-term measure. I don't think that's tinkering around the edges either. I say that respectfully. I think that's actually, you know, creating a vehicle that can really deliver deliver change. And the other piece that I only touched on very briefly was one of the things that this country has suffered from is maybe changes in housing policy because of changes of government, even changes of minister, and then moving. And it's this short-term and in some elements reactive. I think I've been looking at this situation you know, as a Dublin TD since 2007. Uh, I'm someone who, myself and my wife, who, who bought a house in, in 2006, a regular, you know, three-bedroom terrace house that we bought that we would, like many of our colleagues, it would still probably be in negative equity as well. I've seen what, 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 what happened before when the, when, when, when the crash happened. I never want to see that happen again. I think with the right policies, it won't. But what I, what I want to get to is the whole area around how we can make sure that we have an enduring housing policy. And that's why I think the Commission on Housing is really important. And the Commission on Housing, which I intend to announce in May, will have stakeholders taken from, you know, different, be, be that uh, societal groups, NGO groups and others, looking at different aspects within housing, such as costs, legislative proposals, the constitutional question and other things. It won't be a warehouse for issues, but it'll be an advisory 
body for government and not just this government should be for any government into the future so you can be looking at some of the long-term pieces and work them through with some of the best experts that are out there now experts disagree on policy some of the most eminent people and commentators will disagree with each other i think that that shows that the solution isn't a simple one and certainly not as simple as as some in the opposition from time to time will portray it as but what i want to see is progress um, I certainly hope that if we're talking in a year's time, that you'll have already seen some of that progress and that maybe that you'll see that I'm not just tinkering around the edges with things. But look, it, I suppose I know the task of work and the job of work that we need to do is significant. I have no skin in the game bar. I want to just do the best job that I can to improve the lot for our people. You know, that's not where, where I want us to be. And Owens outlined earlier some of the the affordability challenges that we have in that space. And I think the measures I'll be bringing forward are going to help there. And that's what I want to do. One last brief question for you, if you wouldn't mind. And this one's uh, not strategic. It's much closer to home. If you walk from the department's headquarters in Customer House, 10 minutes down the Keys, there's a huge site there owned by Johnny Roan. And we had a piece in the Irish Times by Frank McDonald at the weekend about this massive two towers, each one twice the height of any other building in the country, with hundreds and hundreds of one and two bedroom apartments in them, uh, it's a kind of extraordinary vision of uh, of a solution to the to the country's uh, housing problems. Do you think that sort of thing has a place in solving our housing problem? You'll know, Hugh and Wells. Wells, I might like to comment on it. I, as housing minister, a minister responsibility for planning, I'm actually precluded from commenting on any existing or you know planning applications that are in there anything i would say could be taken you know that could be problematic so look all i would say in on a general point is that we need to look to to you know to productively use the land that we have in the country but i can't comment on and i'm not being evasive i just can't uh, comment on specific planning applications i'm a dub i want to see what's best for dublin obviously i think a lot of what's happened along our keys and you know, I'm delighted to be working in the customers and you see the South Keys and the North Keys, some some great stuff that, you know, uh, in relation to new communities that are there as well. But I can't comment on specific applications, unfortunately. And that's not me being evasive. That's effectively the law. So that's under the Planning Act. I can't do so. So sorry about that. Fair enough, fair enough. You can't blame me for trying anyway. anyway. No, I had, I had Frank in the Custom House over the summer and he was telling me how he was involved in the last restoration works in the Customs House in the 90s. And we had a great chat here, sat in this very room and, you know, great interest. And he has a great interest in Dublin and you know, I think he generally feels that he wants to see what's what's best, but he's entitled to his view. I have a view, but I'm not allowed to express it which, to you. So, okay, fair enough. We'll leave it there. Listen, we'll leave it. Listen, thanks very much again for, for giving us your time today, Dara. My pleasure. Um, thanks also to Owen. Thanks to our producer, Suzanne Brennan. You can get in touch with us at politicspodcast.irishtimes.com. But until the next time, thanks very much indeed for listening.